poetry is a phantom script telling how rainbows are made and why they go away. This is The Phantom Script, a poetry reading podcast. Today, celebrating the classic poetry from four poets born this month. From America, modernists Carl Sandburg and Robinson Jeffers. Also, American romantic Edgar Allan Poe and England's Lord Byron. Carl Sandburg was born January 6, 1879, in Galesburg, Illinois. A significant theme explored in his verse was the work of the American people, its value, but also its corrosive impact of industrial work on health and the human spirit. He was known as the people's poet a role fortified by the fact that he always held a regular job. A milk wagon driver, bricklayer, farmhand, and a hotel servant. He spent time at Lombard College in Galesburg, but didn't graduate. In 1907, he joined the Wisconsin Socialist Party. By 1912, He was a labor reporter for the Chicago Daily News. He became recognized for his poetry in 1914 when Harriet Monroe published several of his poems in Poetry, a magazine of verse. He challenged a poetry that focused on pastoral themes and rather exposed the gritty details of human life in America perhaps influenced by his work as a journalist. His Chicago poems were published in 1916. His was a modern voice. Here's two from Carl Sandburg's Chicago poems. They will say, Of my city, the worst that men will ever say is this. You took little children away from the sun and dew and the glimmers that played in the grass under the great sky and the reckless rain. You put them between walls to work, broken and smothered for bread and wages to eat dust in their throats and die empty-hearted for a little handful of pay on a few Saturday nights. Psalms of those who go forth before daylight. The rolling mill men and the sheet steel men are brothers of cinders. They empty cinders out of their shoes after the day's work. They ask their wives to fix burnt holes in the knees of their trousers. Their necks and ears are covered with a smut. They scour their necks and ears. They are brothers of cinders.
Robinson Jeffers was born January 10, 1887. Unlike Sandberg, he was deeply schooled in classical studies as a child and all the way through graduate studies in literature, medicine, and forestry in California. He began to write poetry extensively after 1913, when he moved to Carmel-by-the-Sea, where he built a stone home called Tor House and lived with his wife, Una Call Custer, for the rest of his life. Jeffers envisioned a universe where humans were not the center of importance and held a philosophy he called inhumanism, turning emphasis and significance from man to not-man. Those are Jeffers' words. To Jeffers, not only were humans creatures of introversion, too self-centered to fully appreciate the transformational power of the natural world, but they were also antagonists of the natural world, with the weapons of imperialism and destructive industry. He may be one of the founders of what is now called eco-poetics, influencing Wendell Berry, Brenda Hillman, and Gary Snyder. Edward Abbey quoted Jeffers in his book Desert Solitaire when speaking of the ways dictatorships are imposed, citing the inclusion of the destruction of wilderness with dams, deforestation, and desert irrigation. As Abby said, it was all foreseen nearly a half-century ago by the most cold-eyed and clear-eyed of our national poets on California's shore at the end of the open road. Shine, perishing republic. This is Jeffers' poem, To the House. To the House by Robinson Jeffers. I am heaping the bones of the old mother to build us a hold against the host of the air. Granite the blood heat of her youth held molten in hot darkness against the heart, hardened to temper under the feet of the ocean cavalry that are maned with snow and march from the remotest west. This is the primitive rock, here in the wet quarry under the shadow of waves, whose hollows mouthed the dawn. Little house, each stone baptized from that abysmal font. The sea and the secret earth gave bonds to affirm you, I'll forego the biographical notes on well-known American and January-born writer Edgar Allan Poe. Instead, let's hear his poem, Alone, which in its cryptic way helps to describe Poe's self-image as different from the conventional horde of humanity, expressed through his leanings toward romanticism and gothic horror. Poe was born January 19th, 1809. Here is Alone by Edgar Allan Poe, 
read by guest reader Laurel Hostack. From childhood's hour, I have not been as others were. I have not seen as others saw. I could not bring my passions from a common spring. From the same source, I have not taken my sorrow. I could not awaken my heart to joy at the same tone. And all I loved, I loved alone. Then, in my childhood, in the dawn of a most stormy life, was drawn from every depth of good and ill, the mystery which binds me still. From the torrent or the fountain, from the red cliff of the mountain, from the sun that round me rolled in its autumn tint of gold, from the lightning in the sky as it passed me flying by, from the thunder and the storm and the cloud that took the form when the rest of heaven was blue, of a demon in my view. A preeminent figure of the Romantic movement, George Gordon Byron was born 21 years earlier than Poe in London on January 22, 1788. He inherited the title of Baron Byron of Rockdale at age 10 and had a political career in the House of Lords, an extraordinary imagist who was learned and worldly and one of the great bad boys of the Romanticists. Lady Carolyn Lamb, with whom he had an affair, called him mad, bad, and dangerous to know. Plagued by debt and pressure from creditors, he lived in self-imposed exile from 1816 forward, summering in Switzerland, alongside Percy Bysshe Shelley and Mary Godwin, later, of course, to be known as Mary Shelley. He lived in Italy and Greece and throughout this period wrote some of his most renowned work. Here is She Walks in Beauty, again read by guest reader Laurel Hostack. She Walks in Beauty by Lord Byron. She walks in beauty like the night of cloudless climes and starry skies, and all that's best of dark and bright meet in her aspect and her eyes, thus mellowed to that tender light which heaven to gaudy day denies. One shade the more, one ray the less, had half impaired the nameless grace which waves in every raven tress or softly lightens o'er her face, where thoughts serenely sweet express how pure, how dear their dwelling place. And on that cheek and o'er that brow, so soft, so calm yet eloquent, the smiles that win, the tints that glow, but tell of days in goodness spent, a mind at peace with all below, a heart whose love is innocent. Words from our January-born poets. 
January, so wrote Shakespeare, in Love's Labor's Lost, is When icicles hang by the wall And Dick the shepherd blows his nail And Tom bears logs into the hall And milk comes frozen home in a pail When blood is nipped and ways be foul Then nightly sings the staring owl To who? To wit, to who? A merry note Thanks go to our guest reader, Laurel Hostack. Laurel can be heard in the podcast The Midnight Myth, produced with Derek Jones. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check out her classic story meditations on sleep and sorcery, also available on many podcast platforms, YouTube, and Insight Timer. We'll be back in a week or so with curated readings. This is Vincent Hostack for The Phantom Script.